Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. How are you? I hope you're well. I uh, like to record the podcast in the beginning of the week, but inevitably I record it at the end of the week. And then you social mediaites out there that do metrics and numbers on when people listen and download and all that BS tell me, do it in the beginning of the week. I don't know what it is about me, man. I, 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 I like to just buck the system. I, I guess if you told me, you know, left, I'm always going right. I've done that my whole life. So maybe we'll figure that out one day. Maybe we won't. Who cares? Uh, greetings, everybody. My name is Jer Man. I am your official official. I'm a spiritual director, mentor, coach. I don't like coach, to be honest with you. I mean, I'll, I'll give it to you straight, man. The whole life coach premise thing has always bothered me forever. So I'd rather, well, I'm a spiritual director, and people are always like, well, that's so weird and esoteric, and and, uh, and haven't you fallen off the deep end, JR? Haven't you fallen off the be- deep end? That's it. And I sat with, you know, I tell people this story, and, and, and we only got 30 minutes, so I'm going to hurry it up, I promise. Today we're going to talk about, by the way, I've, I've like entitled this, by the way, this is episode something something, so I don't even know, um, and, and we'll figure that out, but uh, I've entitled this The Secret of Feeling Great All the Time. I've got it. It took it took humanity until me to give you the secret to feeling good all the time. I've got it though. I'm I'm that confident. But I tell people the story about spiritual direction this way. I uh, well, spiritual direction first off is is really two people you know going at life, and that's that that's what it is. Like you can read, and again, spiritual direction has been around forever. The word spiritual direction or the title spiritual direction is somewhat new to culture, uh, maybe hundred years or so. But spiritual direction as a form between people has been around forever. It's basically two people sitting down and ironing out all the shit that's going on inside of them or all the joy that's going on inside of them or the new season that's happening that maybe not be clear and understanding. It's just two people hammering it out and being willing to listen like to what's going on inside with the premise that divine God is sitting in you, period, end of story. It takes the guesswork out of God. That's what it does. It ta- How many of you out there are like, and I hear from you, man. And by the way, greetings to all my people. Greetings to the Portugal friends. Greetings to the Helsinki friends. Greetings to the, the East and the West Coast people and the Midwest, you Grand Rapids people, and uh, all you uh, delightful folks in, uh, in Ohio. How are you? My, my good, good dear friends in New York, how are you guys doing? But uh, I don't know where, where the hell I was going. I was always going to bitch about this uh, whole thing about spiritual direction. So um, it's basically two people hammering it out. And so if you for, first off, if you need hammering out, if you need some ironing, let's get it done. You can book me. Uh, my sessions are an hour. I do charge you. That's how it goes. I got to pay the mortgage too. Um, but uh, it's two people just getting it done. And the premise is, yeah, the divine is inside of you. But I sat with two pastors. I don't know if I ever told the story. I might have because I really, I really love to tell the story because it just it, it annoys me so much. I met two pastors here in San Diego. And if you're listening, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Um, and we went out to one of my favorite uh, restaurants. And uh, this guy, he was like an associate pastor. I think he brings his lead pastor with him. 
because maybe there was some discussion about whether or not JR had had completely fallen off the boat of of uh of Christianity, or maybe Jr. is just he'd gone spiritually crazy or something. I, I don't even know. Or maybe he's dangerous. He's dangerous, and we don't want to allow the bad juju to get into our minds and spirits. But uh, the lead pastor said it. They were nice guys, like super, super nice guys. Really, you know, the toothy grin type, you know, type of Christians. Everything was like really nice. Like their clothes looked great. Their hair was straightened. They their part was perfect. The shoes looked fantastic. There was a a real rush to make sure that they looked good. You know, you kind of like that, right? You like to sit with nice looking people. They smelled good. I think one of them had a notebook. And uh, the lead pastor, can you hear the contempt or no? Because I've been working on it. <laughs> um, and the lead pastor, he leaned across the table and he said, spiritual direction, that's uh, it's very esoteric. It's super esoteric. It, it, to me, it signals like the evangelicals in American church still have not figured out that one dude at the top of the class is going to help the people. It's great as a teaching tool. It's great as a methodology to bring people in and, oh, I'm attracted to that guy and let's be around that guy and let's build some community and that guy's a good leader. But when it comes down to ironing out the business, we need to sit with one another, man, face to face. And I don't know the story of Jesus. And if you're not into Jesus, that's okay. Uh, Sometimes I'm not either. Um, The story of Jesus is real cut and dry. It's like Jesus talking to the folks. Uh, teaching the folks, and he's teaching directly to the ego, directly to the pride, and directly to the fact that God is in us and loves us, um, and that there's a third way, and that third way is love. That third way is, um, you know, the real possibility of feeling good about yourself because what's happening inside of you is real. So, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to really talk about what's going on inside of you. I'm going to be honest with you, man. The last week has not been easy for me. I've been going through my own personal spiritual transformation as well. It's ongoing, and I'm going to get into a little bit about that today. But the real podcast, subsequent to the subsequent to the title, The Secret of Feeling Great All the Time, is JR Needs What? <laughs> or How to Need Need? Um, or How to Just Simply uh, Be Able to Talk About What's Going On Inside of You Without Feeling um, Like You Can't or You Shouldn't. Um, with that said, the book uh, project that we're working on is coming. Uh, year is what it's called. It's 365 Contemplations. It is wonderful. It is beautiful. It is one of the, it's so, it's a gorgeous design. The guy that I'm working with at Rob Supan did such a fabulous job on that. That is forthcoming. I promise the minute the link is hot and you can go get that little book, um, you can. And for those of you who are self-publishing, you can write me, jr at jrman.com, and I'll help you. <laughs> Uh, and tell you what we learned on the whole self-publishing because it is a it is it is crazy. All right, let's get at it. Um, so again, the secret to feeling great all the time, <laughs> or or the uh, subsequent title is uh, JR needs what? Um, so giving is receiving, and I really want everybody to understand that. I want I want you to to take just that. Like if you're going to tattoo something to your arm today, based on what I've said, and and I know there's a lot of you who do that. Thanks. Um, giving is receiving. So, and, and, and what I mean is like traditionally we think that, that, you know, we give and we stand kind of autonomous to the giving, like, like, and we don't get anything back, but when you give, you will receive. And, and again, I want you to stay with it about me, or I want you to stay with, I want you to stay with me on this one. Um, a bit about me. Um, I have a hard time letting folks in. So if you know me and you're around my circle of, of, of people, and you can be around my circle if you want. If you want to be in the circle, there's a little application you have to fill out, but that's okay. Um, 
like the people that know me know that I I generally have a hard time giving up stuff inside of me, and you know basically my wife gets gets all of me if you will. You know my kids see me obviously they see me in all kinds of they've seen me over the last eleven years <laughs> in all kinds of different forms. That's for damn sure. Um, hopefully they wouldn't say all bad. But they see me, my wife sees me, and there's a few other friends that I have out there, um, you know, that also see me. But generally, I have a hard time letting people in. And I know that's like you. Like, I'm not going to pretend that there are some people that just have an easier accessing, they have, they have an easier way of accessing what's happening inside of them, because generally, we all do it. Um, it takes a lot of pain for me to be willing to talk. A lot of pain. Um, it's been, it's been the way for a long time. You know, some of it has to do the way that I grew up. Um, I grew up in a house that didn't have parents in it. Um, my uh, dad left, uh, as a result of a, a divorce. My mom worked nine jobs. My older brother was older and had his uh, whole thing. So as a result, I didn't have a lot of people around me as I grew up and I became super siloed, super autonomous, not only with my time, what I did, uh, going to work at an early age, but also with how I felt and the emotions that sat inside of me. I figured out a lot of things by myself. Now, I, again, I'm not crying about it. That's stuff that happened to me. Um, and now as an adult, um, I'm, I'm maturing into better ideas of how to handle that other than to go drink <laughs> uh, or uh, make up bullshit personas in my life to mask all those hardcore feelings that happened to me when I was a kid or a teenager, or even in my early 20s. So that's on me. I have a responsibility there. But the big responsibility that I have is to make sure I let people in. And I'm not talking about everybody. Now, of course, I do a podcast, and I'm going to let you in here and there. But, uh, you know, a lot of that core stuff, man, it, it, it becomes real central to a few people in my life, as it is with you. So I built up protection mechanisms. I built up safety mechanisms. I allowed my ego to kind of take over and form attachments to people. Uh, I was in the television business for a while, and I really fashioned myself good at what I did, and I allowed the ego to lead that forward and then allowed awards and work and projects and travel and the people that I did it with as identity. And, I, and, and that was a, a great mask in, in, in like duct tape around my soul so no one could see what really was going on inside. And, and I'll tell you, man, I had some good seasons with that. The booze alone was a great covering for a while, just, just the booze, but then add my career on top of it or add my traveling on top of that or, or who I was with on top of that, and the world was my oyster, and I didn't have to let people in because it covered it for a season, and perhaps you're like me, and you're starting to think like right now, like, how do I do that? And I get it, and I get it. All that to say, I need to hear what I'm saying today. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm, I'm listening to me too. Um, with that, y- you learn to give into the idea of needing need. You learn, just like we learn to love, we're also learning to give into the idea of need. Because we all need. We all need another one's ear. We all need another one's heart. We all need the idea that people are going to welcome our stories. Now with that, I'm not saying that you hook into people and they become your reality because you've heard me talk about attachments. And if you ha- haven't, basically attachments to people are, are a really dangerous thing because it, it rolls out the belief that people can fill us, fill us and, and give us happiness. And that's just not true. That's going to be your job. You will feel better. So at the end of the day, I want you to know that if you give into this idea 
and you start allowing yourself the premise, hey, man, I need to let people know what's going on inside of me. I have a need. I have a need to, to have an ear to bend. I have a need to allow another person to come up alongside of me and listen and take into my story. You're going to feel better, I guarantee you, 150%. I don't give a shit what it is you're going through right now. You're going to feel better as you start to offload some of these feelings that are in little crevices and corners of your soul and mind that haven't seen the light of day for a while. And you know what I'm talking about, man. There's stuff inside you you just you do want to talk about, but for whatever cultural, societal, bullshit identity reasons, you just don't. We must be in a position to be vulnerable. And I know a lot, right, right away, like, that's like, what? Like, no, I'm, I don't, no, I'm not going to be vulnerable. But we need to be in that position. We need to be able to talk about what's going on inside of us. Now, I know some of you will remain silent on these matters. I get it. I remained silent for years. Uh, you may think you will appear weak or dumb or not worthy of the time. And I believe me, I, I've got one great friend here in California. Uh, and gosh, I love this guy so much. But he is a wall, a brick wall. And he's just fantastically brick wall as he can possibly be. And you don't get very much of him. Not, and he's, I'm not saying he's a jerk, an a-hole, he's not worthy. But I know the set of circumstances that are in his life that have created and helped create and keep him creating that brick wall. And there's a vulnerability that needs to happen for him to really allow this stuff to come out. And, and, it'll, and it'll happen. It, it happens in time. It happens over the course of your life. Maybe some people wait to the last season of their life, and that's what I'm hoping you don't do. I'm hoping that you take on the presence of now and be able to really share yourself with other people so you can really start to understand that light that is sitting inside of you, that God's love, the divine love, is really in you, man, and it's really, really wanting to hold and touch and, and care for you in that way. And so you learn to love yourself, and that's basically what we're talking about. Blah, 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 as I read my notes. <laughs> but we all must agree on one thing, that feelings are real, and they do have an affect on our lives. They do have an affect on our lives. And you can take any circumstance and understand some of those feelings. I mean, let's go, let's go political real quick, because that seems to be the du jour of the day. Like, we can go Republican, Democrat, and automatically right away, something's welling up inside of you. The latest is like people trying to, the Democrats trying to ban uh, in and out <laughs> which makes me laugh like crazy because I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, <laughs> socialist, you're not banning in and out What the hell are you talking about? Anyways, it conjures up feelings is my point. And it's much easier for us to go on that surface level of politics, particularly on social media, to understand what I'm talking about. And that, generally speaking, man, we feel something right away and we start blasting it into the world via Twitter or Facebook. So you get it. We all have it. We all do it. But when it comes to the that real stuff that's sitting inside of us, the fear, the anger, the disappointment, the betrayal, the abandonment... Like all that, all those really hardcore feelings that we just don't know what the hell to do with, a lot of times that's not on Facebook, right? It's just much easier to go off on something else. So we can't ignore it. That's my, that's my point. We can't ignore it. And that's the premise for today. It's giving up what's going on inside. It's giving up to receive. It's giving to receive. We've been taught to trust very few people, if no one. Don't put yourself in a position to be hurt, betrayed. Fundamentally, that may seem like great wisdom, but for the emotions that sit inside of us, those need an exhaust pipe. They need an exhaust pipe. 
Very often we create personas at that point that keep us protected and away from our true feelings. And again, my persona maybe 15, 20 years ago, and, and, and not even, maybe 10, 10, 15 years ago, was television guy. I was a photojournalist. I was very good at what I did. I considered myself good. I wanted to get better, and I wrapped myself around that persona. I led with this idea of Television JR, and Television JR had a bunch of drop-downs. He liked to drink. He liked to have fun. He liked to go to conferences and gather as many people together and hit the bar after the conferences and do all kinds of stupid-ass shenanigans, and then stories were to be told the next day. I was to lead the crowd in that kind of circusy, alcohol-fueled television insanity. And I really liked that persona, and it kept me crazy-ass protected. And for those of you who know me and knew me then, you will go, yep, absolutely, 100%. Which is why, as I've learned to exhaust this stuff out of me, and I've really become in touch with what's going on inside of me as far as the divine goes, and a love for that, and a love for my fellow folks around me, and really truly wanted to... Um, like take some of this gifting that God's given me and hand it back to you. Some of you may think, well, that guy's crazy because that persona was rock solid. That persona was awesome. Now, some of you (laughs) were hurt by all that. And for those of you, I deeply apologize for my behavior because it was less than, that's for sure. But I, I created all that crap, so I didn't have to go deep. I didn't have to go deep. So this manages to... To, to, to build a job for us internally. And that job is, is that as long as we protect in, our, in creating safety mechanisms, well, then we won't have to deal with the stuff. We, we also turn to people, places, and things. People, places, and things to do the protection and safety mechanisms. And this can lead us often into a world of shit, period, end of story. And most of it comes in the form of broken relationships. Because when we turn to people, places, and things to resolve what's going on inside of us, we're still not giving people what's inside of us. And what I mean is we put our attachment or we put our focus and our faith on a person, and maybe that person's going to make us happy, that person's going to change our lives, that person's going to teach us what we need to know, but we're still not doing the heavy lifting lifting work of soul. And people or places and things is the same thing. I, I can't tell you the amount of people that I know that have done geographical cures, and we've talked about this along the way. Geographical cures don't work either. Like, you move to Seattle thinking that things are going to be great. They're not. You were to, you move to Hollywood thinking, like, you know, I'm going to go fulfill my dreams. That's not. Hollywood is not going to do that. New York City's not going to do Like, there's no Paris, Europe. And there's no place that's going to suck in that kind of energy and then spit back out happiness. That's in you. <coughs> Pardon me. We sneeze on the show. That's what we do. And things, 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 things. We put our, we, I mean, we buy so much crap in this country. I mean, just look at Amazon. People are like, oh my gosh, look how good Amazon's doing. You said, are you crazy? Of course it's doing well. <laughs> we, we can't stop buying shit to make ourselves feel better. At some point, though, along the way, faith comes into view as a possible way out or a way to make ourselves feel better. And most of us try it. Most of us dip our toe in, or most of us at least look at the water. And the problem is most religious communities, most faith-based communities, want compliance to feel better, treating faith as a moral stance, thus saying if you want to feel better, you need to act a certain way, do this, do that. And again, that's all bullshit, and we've talked about this at nauseum on this show. It's all garbage. Salvation is not behavioral modification. 
Salvation is the idea of new risen life in you. It's the idea that you are taking old and creating new. And, and that's a stance that doesn't necessarily live on the moral directing of behavior. So if you're in a faith community right now and you're vying hardcore to work yourself into love, please leave. Get in your car and go someplace else. If your pastor, if your rabbi, if your teacher is, is literally trying to direct behavioral steps in your life, before helping the heart move into a transformation, you need a new place to hang. You need a new place to go. That's all there is to it. I'm not calling him out as bad. I'm not saying right, wrong, and different. I'm just telling you, man, that salvation is not behavioral modification. Jesus did not hit the planet, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then go, hey, here's the first step. Everybody don't cuss. Here's the second step. Nobody drink. Here's the third step. Everybody don't show your cleavage. Don't don't wear tight jeans to show your package. Don't do that. Don't hang out with the people that are got a six-pack on Friday night. That's not it, man. That's not it. That's not it. So I want you to know at some point along the way, as this build is happening inside of our lives to find need or to need need, we all take a look at faith. I get it. I get it. I, t- t- I get it. I do what I do for a living now. It's been a long journey for me, man. I mean, just the last couple days, I was embroiled in loneliness and sadness over a few spots in my life that I needed to talk about. And it took another friend to kind of knock on my door and go, hey, what's going on with you? And so I needed to exhaust that. And I exhausted that in faith. I exhausted that in faith. And I'm really happy that I did. So we must identify that we need need. And we must allow folks in. We must give to receive. We must give a little bit to receive. So some of these questions or some of these comments or some of these uh, understandings are going to be difficult for you because it's going to mean you're going to need to move in some capacity in your own life. But you're here and you're willing to listen. So I assume that you're dipping your toe in too. So here's like a punch list. Here's like a quick list of things I want you to think about that might lead you to give and receive. Empty out some of the stuff in the corners and crevices of your business that you need to talk about. Are you too proud? Are you afraid to accept help? Are you too proud? Are you afraid to accept help? Now, nobody's going to like admit that right away when they're in this position, <laughs> but you can in your mind. If you look at the mirror in your mind, Right? You've got the mirror in your soul, the mirror in your mind, and you're staring back at yourself, and you're honest with yourself for two seconds. Are you too proud? Are you just afraid to ask for help? Is asking for help equal weak, less than, no strength, no fortitude? What is that? Are you lonely? Do you feel lonely? Loneliness, man, I can't tell you how many people come to me and go, I feel lonely. And I know right away that part of the loneliness is not being known not allowing yourself to be known, not giving yourself to receive someone other, some other's love and the love that's already sitting inside of you to ignite that. So you're feeling lonely. Are you constantly taking on more than you can chew? You say yes to everything. Do you say yes to everything as a simple way to just fill and deny your own existence? As long as I'm in motion doing something else, I'll be okay. Are you willing to go to any lengths to prove or convince to folks that you are something you are not? Think about what I'm saying. What are the lengths that you go to to, to, to make people think that you're something? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> What's happening there? 
Take a look at your Instagram. Throw, scroll through your Instagram. What's it look like? Scroll through your Facebook. What's it look like? Take yourself off the shelf. Be somebody else for two seconds and look at you. Are you willing to prove and convince you're something? And then what are the lengths you go to in that? Again, this takes a real deliberate, self-honest look, y'all, to be able to give and receive love. Uh, you, never, you never let anybody give to you. Or do you have a hard time allowing somebody to give to you? Right? Intimacy is unfamiliar and it's frightening. Intimacy is unfamiliar and frightening. I suffer with that like you wouldn't believe. Like the, most of you who know me, like, no, I don't like the hug and touch. <laughs> and I always go, I grew up in an Irish family as a way to say, stay the hell away from me. But intimacy has always been unfamiliar with me. Again, the way I grew up, I didn't necessarily get those lessons. So when I adopted three kids and we adopted three kids 11 years ago, like I remember my wife telling me like a couple months into it, like, hey, you're going to have to touch them. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to hug them. You're going to have to take their hugs, right? You're going to have to bounce them on your knee or you're going to have to push them on the playground or, you know, whatever. You're going to have to touch them. A real deliberate like, hey, hello, hello. This is unfamiliar to you. And I've, I think I've done a pretty good job. Like I let my wife touch me and I let the kids touch me. Uh, those of you who meet me know that uh, I'll shake a hand, but, you know, a, a hug. Like I go to a a little accountability group every Tuesday with a bunch of guys, and uh, they hug each other, and it gets very hard for me to hug. So I, that's why I try to do that. So uh, is intimacy frightening? Is intimate? I mean, and, and again, intimacy again can be just talking too. For the record, like, can you talk to somebody and like really give something to them while you're like, can you have coffee with somebody and not just do sports news and weather? Can you go farther than sports news and weather, or is that uncomfortable? Are you afraid of commitment? Are you afraid of commitment? Hmm. Now, doing everything for people and never and, and, and always saying yes isn't commitment for the record. That's just you staying busy. But commitment is like when you commit, you're, you're in an act of receiving and giving. You got to understand what I'm saying. So that's why a lot of people who hear the word commitment, they go, yeah, I do this and I do that. Well, that's not commitment. Commitment is a true act of receiving and giving. Your attempts at healing or riding the ship only involve you. You say, I'll stop by myself. I can do, handle this by myself. I can deal with this by myself. For those of you in addiction land, you know what I'm talking about. I, I, for those of you who, 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 man, are alcoholic and you're like, I can, stop, I can do this by myself. How many times have you tried to quit by yourself? For those of you who struggle with porn and drugs or broken relationships or codependency, for those of you in marriages that you know of should never have gotten into to begin with, like how many times you say, I can change this? How many times? And you do that to yourself, by the way. You're not out loud with that. You're not on Facebook with it. Hey, I think I'm going to try drink, stop drinking today. You're in your brain. How many times you do that? So that's just a quick punch list. It's not the entire list to help you understand you need need. But if you're in there and I'm asking you this punch list and you're resonating with my punch list, you need need, man. You need to be able to look at somebody and go, hey, I need you. I need you to hear me. I need you to know my story. I need you to walk with me. I need you to, to, to come alongside me. So what needs to change then at that point? What needs to change? Well, you got to talk, 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 and you got to admit stuff. You got to admit, you God forbid, it's not that you're saying I'm a weak a-hole and I can't manage my life. That's not what you're saying. On some level, that might be true, but what you're really saying is I need people, the divine pre people in the divine presence in my life. 
to help me work out some of these things. We're not autonomous in this, in this universe. The world doesn't want a bunch of silos. The universe doesn't look down on planet Earth and hope that there is a trillion silos standing up one to another. The universe, the love of the universe, really wants us communicating to one another in community. You hear the helicopter? If you can hear that, I live, uh, I live very close to Camp Pendleton Marine Base here in San Diego. And some days it's like freaking a war is going on. Um, it's amazing what you see, the jets and the helicopters and the bombs. But anyways, that's another story. What needs to change? You need to talk, 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 admit, admit, admit. You need to also change people, places, and things. People, places, and things. People, because it could be the people around you, man. It could be, it could, well, and I'm not saying negative influence. I'm saying that you could be with people that keep you stagnant in moving forward when it comes to your particular set of need, right? It could be that you're in a community right now that's denying that you need. And I'm talking about a faith community, too, as well as a community that could be just into some bad shit. I'm just telling you, like, people around you who deny your human need to express what's going on inside of you, probably you need to change those folks. Places again and things. Places. Like, I'm telling you, we cover ourselves with places and things at all tasks. I'm just reading my notes. Stay with me. <laughs> I always laugh at that. What's the quickest way to find relief? The quickest way to find relief right now. Quickest way to find relief is a mentor, spiritual director, somebody that you trust, a friend, a close confidant. It could be your spouse. It could be your girlfriend, your boyfriend. It could be the neighbor across the street. It could be, the, it could be a boss that you generally know knows your life. Right? It's what I do for a living as a spiritual director. I sit with people and tap into these places so we can iron stuff out. So you're looking for that person. For me, I've had a couple in my life. I've got a spiritual director that I've been seeing right now, five, six years, and she's wonderful. She's, I mean, incredible wisdom and incredible intuitive understanding of how to work through some of this stuff. When I was a teenager, 18, 19 years old, uh, I had a couple guys in my life that were much older than me that served as mentors uh, and eventually would become good spiritual mentors of mine. But uh, one was, a, and I talk about uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Cusick a lot. He was a dock worker in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, he was much, much older than me. And he, man, he ruled with an iron fist. I call it a velvet thundering hand, a velvet like, he, like a hammer wrapped in velvet. You know what I mean? You got hit, it was soft, but it hurt. And he was really great at help orchestrating and, and tapping into me, knowing my story, asking me about my past, asking me about how I'm feeling on any particular thing, not deliberating politics, right? Not arguing about, uh, you know, cultural systems, but going deep inside of me. Yeah, we could get to politics if we wanted to, but going inside instead of me. You don't want to have a community of isolationists, if you're around, again, if you're around people, if you're around a community, if you're around a group, a tribe that is isolationist in its methodologies, in other words, we're the only ones, you got to get out of there. You got to get out of there. You got to be willing and open to really discover what's going on inside of you. I know some faith communities that at this point will want to ignore feelings. 
And you can't ignore feelings. Some faith communities say ignore feelings because what we're looking for is just the greater truth. The problem with that is that Jesus, <laughs> as if we look at Jesus as just an example of a great spiritual teacher, a great guy who would tap into what's going on inside of us, he wanted you to experience humanity. He wanted you, he wants you to experience what's going on inside of you and not just simply cover it up, hook, line, and sinker, and call it a day. Grab a beer and call it a day. That, that's, that's not it. So for all of the faith people out there that will argue back to me that faith or that feelings and experience are somehow a back burner item to the truth of the universe, like, I don't, I don't get it. Because the truth of the universe sits inside of you at the end of the day. And, and we can go, you know, theologically nuts with that understanding. But I mean, at the end of the day, the divine is in you. It's in you. And it's not, not just simply to be a record and stone tablet of not doing this and not doing that. But it's really helping you work through the guilt and the shame. It's really helping you work through the fear and the anger, the anxiety and the worry of the seasons of life that we can hit. You know, when we're in our 20s, man, we get married and we have kids. And then in our 30s, we start working through how to be a great parent and, 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 and muscling through maybe a career or really deciding who and what we, what we are doing. Our 40s and our 50s are spent, you know, kind of in that same methodology and process, if you will. And, and maybe uh, you turn here and there. But, I mean, my, my point is, is that through every one of those seasons, we have fears, and anger, and anxiety, some depression, perhaps, a faith-giving, like we, lean, we can lean into faith. So I just want everybody to know, 33 minutes into it, we're gonna, we're, I promise we're stopping. I want you to know that at some point, I really want you to tap in and grab somebody and be able to discuss what's happening inside of you. Because I know a lot of, I know all of us do. And like I told you earlier, like I was struggling the last couple days with really like thinking that like I would, didn't have to say anything about how I was feeling lonely or sad. And when I started to engage it, I was like, oh my gosh, I really am lonely. I really am sad. And I need people to talk to. And thank God I had a friend. Thank God I had a friend who took time to listen, ask questions, and probe my story long enough that I found some deep-rooted understanding and love. Not that the sadness and the loneliness sort of way, but I really started to un- understand myself better. So how do you make yourself feel great? You talk. How do you always feel great all the time? You talk. You allow people into your story. You give to receive the love. Good people, I'm J.R. Mann. I'm J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. I'm a spiritual director, mentor, coach. If you want to work with me, I'd be more than thrilled to do it. Hit me. There's numbers and emails and websites and all kinds of crap that you can look at that. Don't forget Spiritual Direction Part 2, September right, September 19th. Um, all are welcome for that. All are welcome. It's on my website. You can hit that. Um, I love you guys. I love you guys, and I appreciate everybody uh, who listens to the big podcast. Uh, if you got any questions for me, it's jr at jrman.com, jr at jrman.com. Other than that, we'll see you next week. Yeah.